This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. Hi, so ahead of this week's episode, I wanted to do a quick introduction to explain a little bit about what it's all about um, and how it will help you if you think if you're thinking of taking part in the free publicity for pet businesses challenge, which is taking place next week. So if you're listening to this as the podcast goes out, that's 14th to the 18th of September. So join the PR challenge. One of the things that I do is I send you to some Facebook groups where you can connect with journalists and find out what kind of stories they're working on. Um, One of the Facebook groups that I send you to is called Feature Me and it's run by a lady called Jill Foster and she is the lady who I'm speaking to today on the podcast. So in this episode, you're going to learn everything that you need to know about how to connect with journalists in Facebook groups, the kind of things that they look for, what the best practice is and how to get the most from using Facebook groups and to you know make sure that you're using them to get media opportunities. The reason why I did the chat with Jill actually is because I see a lot of people in Facebook groups kind of plugging away, pitching, um, putting stuff out there um, and you know quite often not, not getting anything from that. Um, so I thought the a really helpful thing to do would be to get somebody who runs a Facebook group to explain how it all works so you can go in there and learn how to um, how to do it you know so you can make good relationships with journalists and have more of a chance of your um, ideas landing um, and you know know how to know how best to approach people in Facebook groups um, because there are so many opportunities in them um, and I thought that if I did this ahead of the challenge it's going to really um, give you a great chance of landing um, some some publicity when the challenge goes out. I will link to how to sign up for the challenge in the show notes for this episode so if you're listening on an app if you just swipe up um, you'll find the link to sign up there. If you're listening on your laptop um, if you just scroll down the blog post then you'll be able to find out how to sign up and if you um if you're in my facebook group you've listened you're listening to it on social media just have a look in there as well i'll link to the challenge in the facebook group so you can find it um, and hopefully see you there so loads of really helpful advice in this podcast i hope you enjoy it and big thanks to jill for coming on and chatting to me um jill also comes into my publicity for pet businesses membership as well so um, if you are part of the membership you do have the chance to chat to Jill um, and have like you know a one-to-one conversation with her and find out exactly what it is that she looks for Um, so if you enjoy this episode and you're thinking of um, investing in um, learning how to get publicity for your pet business then you might want to consider joining the membership Um, but you'll learn all about that in the PR challenge as well so I hope you found this helpful and I look forward to seeing you soon. Okay, so today on the podcast, I'm speaking to a lady called Jill Foster, who is a journalist. Um, She's been a journalist for many years, like myself, um, and she runs a fantastic Facebook community called Feature Me. Um, And one of the reasons why I want to speak to Jill today is because Feature Me is one of the Facebook communities that I'm going to be talking about on the PR Challenge, which is happening next week. And I wanted Jill to come along and tell you a little bit more about it so you can get a bit of an understanding of how it all works. Um, and then you can, if, you, if you're not in there already, you can go and dive right in there next week and um, learn some fab ways to get press coverage for your pet business from Facebook groups. So thank you, Jill, for coming along, first of all. It's great to have you here. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for asking me. Okay, so first of all, can you just tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do? 
Yeah, sure. My name is Jill Foster. I'm a feature writer. I've been doing this for, gosh, over 20 years now. I started my career on Cosmopolitan magazine, then I went on to the Daily Mirror in 2000 and worked on their features desk for about four years, and that was under the editorship of Piers Morgan. So that was quite an entertaining time, um, and it was really, really good fun, but I did learn so much. Then I moved on to the Daily Mail's female um, department uh, from 2004 to 2007, Again, learned loads from the editors and journalists who worked there and worked on some really incredible stories. And then in 2008, I decided to go freelance. So I've been freelance now for 12 years and I work from my home up in West Yorkshire with my husband here and my twin daughters who are who just turned eight, actually. So that's that's me. Fantastic. So I would love to uh, hear stories about um, what it was like working with Piers Morgan, but I think we might save that for another time. Um, <laughs> I'll have to check with my lawyers. <laughs> I, I know, I know. Maybe, uh, maybe off air as well. Um, but yeah, you've had a you've had a really really exciting career in journalism, and I know as a freelance, you've worked for so many different titles, haven't you? From like the Daily Mail to like the the supermarket magazines, like Sainsbury's Magazine, and all kinds of different titles. So, um, so yeah, it's loads and loads of experience and yeah I want yeah so I wanted to talk to you about your brilliant group Feature Me um so can you tell me a little bit more about Feature Me as a group and what it's all about Sure. Well, Feature Me is um, a free Facebook group that anyone can join. Um, It's there to give people the chance to appear in stories. It's as simple as that. We've got nearly 16,000 members now, all media friendly and media savvy people who we get journalists to post media requests on there asking for people to be in stories. And it can be literally anything from we had one today that was about people who have taken to flying in private jets on holiday when lockdown was happening to anything talking about stillbirth miscarriage um, all those kind of serious interviews that we do but also the kind of lighter side with pets and animals and fashion and health and style so we we set it up about eight years ago now I think it was 2012 the same year that I gave birth to my daughters and I'm never sure which one is hardest <laughs> work feature me on my girls um, it was an idea that uh, I came up with with my colleague Sadie Nicholas, who is a, another freelance journalist. And before Feature Me, and, and before social media, really, when a freelance journalist or any journalist needed to get case studies for a story, it was very much a case of picking up the phones, ringing around friends and contacts, saying, "Do you know someone who knows someone who knows someone?" And we'd build up email lists and things like that to try and contact, get the, get the net spread as wide as possible. Yeah. But of course, with social media and Facebook, it suddenly became very easy. And we just thought there must be a way to tap into a community who are interested in being in the press, who want to be on television, who want to be on radio and in magazines and newspapers. And that's really how Feature Me was born. Brilliant. Okay, so um, I'm just laughing as as you're talking about that because I've um, I've been been in that situation as you've just been describing where you get asked to go and find people and um, back in the back in the day I used to work with lots of glamour models so they always knew lots of different people so whenever we talk about like the old ways of doing things I always think yeah I remember ringing all those glamour model agents about different things and do you know anyone who's done this or do you know anyone who's been on Big Brother and all of the crazy stories that we used to have to do and now. It is, you know, I'm not saying that journalism is easy itself, but reaching people, it's just so different, isn't it, with social media? 
Um, Absolutely. And things like Twitter have really helped. And literally, I can write a post on uh, Feature Me. And as well as our 16,000 members, of course, you've got the share facilities. So if, if, say, maybe 100 people in Feature Me share that post, and they all have, say, 1,000 friends each, which, you know, isn't that's not unfeasible when it comes to Facebook then suddenly you cast you cast this net incredibly wide along the along the um, social media network so it's it's really worth its weight in gold and we found it a really valuable resource and what's what what's happened with feature me which we weren't expecting but has been absolutely lovely we've created a little community there and we've noticed because we keep the comments on and we allow we allow members to comment and have conversations. We've noticed that there's been a kind of really nice community building up and they're talking to each other as well, as well as to us, which has been a really nice kind of offshoot of of feature me as well. So that's been great. Yeah, I think um, I totally agree with that with, with feature me because I'm in your group and have been for a long, long time. And it's a lovely community that you've got there. And, and, and yeah, particularly with some of the, well with a lot of the requests really I think um quite often you'll see people talking on on your posts and it may not end up in the feature but particularly with the more emotional ones it's a real kind of you know it's a real way for people to share their experiences isn't mm. it and meet other people who might have been through a similar thing um absolutely yeah, community that, that you've created there so we've actually noticed a few friendships forming as a result yeah. Of some of the stories and again as you say some people haven't actually been in the stories but they've connected with someone who's been through I don't know something like a, a stillbirth or they've they've lost a husband or something and they'll say oh you know this happened to me in 2008 and they get talking and then they go offline and talk and we know that some friendships have been formed through that so I think that's a really lovely result of, of uh, feature me and like I say Sadie and I never expected it but it has been lovely. Yeah absolutely you know Facebook groups are just so powerful aren't they and, and... They, they can, I know sometimes it can be a bit tricky with them as well, but most of the time they're a real joy, aren't they, to kind of be part of and to have of your own. Um, so no, it's, it's fantastic how it works. Um, so I wanted to ask you as well, for people who, I know many of the people who listen to the podcast will already be in Feature Me and know how it works, but for anyone who's listening to it and isn't already in Feature Me, can you talk me through kind of what happens from people joining the group and 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 then, you know, so how it sure you personally sure well any we we welcome pretty much anyone as long as you're based in the uk we do get quite a lot of foreign um you know people from dubai and south africa joining i'm afraid we do turn them down unless they're british expats who might know other people in the uk then we do turn them down because it just muddies the water a little bit it's very much feature me uk because mm-hmm. we deal 99 percent of the time with uk publications and broadcast so if you're based in the uk and if your business is in the uk you're pretty much welcome to join and like I say it's free I think that's really important because some Facebook groups are charging members or some um, you know some communities are charging the members in this day and age I don't think you need to do that with any kind of Facebook group I think it should be free and it should be uh, it should be cohesive so yeah join and keep if you're not confident about commenting or anything like that then just keep an eye be a a bit of a lurker as they say Mm -hmm. in the background and just watch for the kind of media requests we're putting out there some weeks are busier than others um i I imagine that this week that we're, we're in september now i imagine we'll be putting out lots of media requests 
And generally we put maybe five or six out a day from a trusted group of journalists. We don't just allow anyone to post in Feature Me. We have to know that you will be looked after as a case study because I think, again, that's really important. We want our members to be able to trust us and that's key to Feature Me. We like journalists who are courteous to our members who will give things like readbacks if it's a particularly sensitive subject, who will talk them through the process. And we've learned that the hard way because at the very beginning, we, we really just said, oh, anybody who wants to post can post. And we just found that this was really annoying members who said, well, I got in touch with that journalist and they were quite rude to me or they never responded. And we said, okay, we need to narrow this down. So now we have a, a small group of, I'd say maybe two dozen trusted journalists who can post on um, Feature Me and the media requests vary wildly. Like I said at the beginning, it could be anything, a really sensitive issue about maybe cancer or pregnancy or stillbirth, or it could be something really light, like um, some of the ones I've done in recent years of, you know, have, have you got a nice summer house or have you got a tree house, <laughs> things like that, really fun. And I love doing those kind of features because people often love showing off their sparkly tree house and things like that. But um, when it comes to animals and pets, gosh, we've done everything from, you know, have you had to get rid of your horse because you've lost your job to more silly things like the other, the other week I did one about dog carriers, you know, luxurious yep. dog carriers and dog bags, which was really good fun. So, yeah, just lurk around there. And if you want to respond to one of the media requests, either comment or often we'll put our emails into the request itself and just get in touch that way. And if you, if you don't want to take part in the end that's absolutely fine don't feel under any pressure that if you've commented you need to take part just email us and ask us for more details of the of the story and if you feel it's right for you then go for it brilliant it's really good to hear um, what you said about the hand, the kind of hand holding that the people who you let use the journalists who you let use the group um do with their case studies because um you know I've worked with lots of case studies over the years and I'm also kind of in the position where I'm now where I'm telling people and encouraging people to go and approach journalists and be featured in the media I do sometimes come up against you know a little bit of resist not resistance as such but more that people are a little bit nervous and they think like a journalist is going to go run off and write terrible things about them or they're going to try and twist things and that kind of thing so I think um the way that you've just explained how it all works with the um you know with the with you vetting the journalists before they post in there and you only kind of putting requests in from people who are going to follow up properly and treat people and the way they should be treated um it's really important because you know it means that particularly if it's somebody new who's listening to this and going over to your group they'll be they'll have that reassurance really that whatever they do post in there or respond to um you know will be will be treated appropriately so i think that's really important isn't it I do think it's a key point. And I think without blowing my own trumpet too much, I think it's one of the key reasons why Feature Me has survived when others have failed and why it's been so successful. Because, I mean, going back to when I was a teenager, this is quite funny. I was a checkout girl at Tesco and the amount of training I had to do to do that one Saturday job in customer service has really stayed with me. It was everything from maintaining eye contact to using people's names and all the stuff that we learn in business that's really important for customer service. I think not enough journalists apply that to our job. I think quite a lot of journalists are arrogant. 
I think quite a lot of them think case studies are very disposable. Mm -hmm. And I know how much pressure we're under. I know we have these deadlines. And I, I will hold my hands up and say, you know what, I'm sorry. Sometimes I put a media request out and I will get 50 replies and it's impossible for me to get back to everyone. So for anyone who I've never emailed, I apologize. But at the same time, I do think it's really important to keep case studies briefed well to tell them exactly what a story involves whether we'll need your photograph whether we'll give you a read back whether we'll give you a plug and um, that's for your business if we'll mention your business and just to keep them informed throughout um, the story from doing the interview to publication and I feel not enough journalists do that and yeah. that's why I feel that our case studies stay not only in the group, but they stay loyal to us. They recommend us to other people. And I think if more journalists could just take on board more of that kind of customer service ethos, they'd find that they have more success with case studies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, a happy case study is a happy journalist, I'd say, Jill, because the last a happy case study. Um, so yeah, you do have to. And also, like, like you've just touched on there, if you've... I've got case studies who recommend who I who I go like there's one case study who um, she's a former model, but she's obviously grown up now and she's, you know, got children and is very, you know, just like a regular mum. And she's brilliant at helping me find other case studies. So, um, so yeah, it's really important to keep people happy and on side. Um, and I also used to work. I, I, did, I worked in, on a checkout as well. I used to work in Sainsbury's. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I do think that customer service training and I, I did. I worked on the checkout at Sainsbury's. I was a waitress and I also worked in a call centre. And all of those things are really, um, really great for customer service skills, aren't they? Because you just want to keep people happy. They really are. And I, it's like we always say, the customer is always right, but the case study is always right. And if they're not happy with a, a story, I think that's nearly always down to the journalist not being clear with them up front. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, sometimes if they're upset by a headline, which plenty are, because obviously the journalists themselves don't have any say in what the headline will be. But I think the journalist should warn the case to that this could be the headline or this, you know, they might use this picture or whatever. Yeah. You can only be in charge of the quotes that you're given. And like I say, most of us will give readbacks on those. But keeping the communication, most people will forgive you if you've kept those um, lines of communication open. If you say, I'm really sorry, I don't know what you don't know what's happening with that story yet, but I'll try and get back to you. Even yeah. if you don't know yourself, just keeping that, that, that communication between you and the case to the open is vital, I would say, to maintain that trust. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Thank you, Jill. I think that will give people a lot of reassurance there um, that they will be they'll be looked after. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to also ask you as well, because we're talking about specifically um, pet, pet, um, my challenges for pet business owners. Um, and I know we've had some really interesting um, things that we've worked on together or I've put people put people over to you for over the years. Like one of them was for Louise, who did the menopause story, the dogs helping during the menopause. And she's actually a Pilates instructor, um, but she was absolutely made up with that because that that feature mentioned her business in there as a Pilates instructor. And I think you linked to her website as well. So she was That's really right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, can you tell me a little bit more about like the kind of pet requests that you get? Yeah. Well, that particular feature literally this is shows you how random it is <laughs> that um, feature came out of a meeting with one of the heads of department at the daily mail who they were talking about what they could do about the menopause yeah. and one of the editors just said 
the word menopause, as in <laughs> pause at the end, let's yeah. find women who say their dogs have helped them get through the menopause. That's, I mean, it's just so random and unexpected. But sure enough, I, I put the media request out and I was inundated because I think it's, I didn't know, I don't have dogs, I'm afraid, but yeah. I, clearly lots of women find that they do help. You know, they, they make <laughs> you go out every day and get some exercise. They are there, they don't judge you. They don't care if you're having a hot flush. They're just, you know, it was lovely. And yeah. Louise took part in that. It was great fun. We got some super pictures um, from all of the women who took part in that and you know what it was a really fun one to do all the women were very happy to talk about it and um, yeah it was a real success I think online and in print as well so that was that was a really good one as far as other ones um, oh gosh it's just so across the board when it comes to other animal stories I had a quick look through feature me before we came on air and I just thought there's there's a celebrity angle is always a really good start. So, for instance, if I think Ed Sheeran got some type of cat not long ago, it might have been a British blue or something like that. And we had to do a feature about people who had these kinds of cats. Um, there might be something to do. I think Jennifer Aniston once said that she preferred dogs to men. I think she's been through about three divorces yeah. now, hasn't she? So she was saying, um, oh, no, a dog will be with you for life, whereas a man, men come and go. And so I did another feature about women who preferred dogs to men. And that was, again, really good fun. We've done things about more, on more serious issues when it comes to animals, people who perhaps brought dogs home from holidays, you yeah. know, who've just fallen in love with a dog, say, in Thailand. And then they spent a fortune bringing that dog home because they've rescued it from um, an animal centre or something like that. Um, we've done things about pets coming between boyfriend, girlfriend, husband and wives and whether they've had a, a dog in the divorce clause, for instance. Um, I, I mentioned the one about my doggy carriers. There yeah. was a story in not so long ago about a cat who, it was in, a news, it was in one of the newspapers about a cat who'd survived going around a washing machine, I think, or a tumble dryer. You probably remember it, Rachel. And I had to find cats who'd survived similar escapades. And I found one cat who I think was trapped in a fridge and got shipped to somewhere like Belfast and was put on a tip and then survived. It was incredible. So somebody heard, somebody was just about to leave this, um, leave the, um, the tip and they just heard this kind of very quiet mewling and this cat, bless it, had survived about three days in this fridge and was on its last legs, bless it. But yeah, they brought it back to health and, and that was a lovely story. And then we've got all the kind of luxurious pet gift guides and things like that, which come around on a regular cycle. I mean, you know, when Christmas is coming, I'll always be on the lookout for, I think I did one last year or the year before about things like silver plated dog bowls and, you know, luxury beds and things like that. So it's always worth looking out journalists asking for gift guides at the beginning of December I would say um and then I've done I've done really some really serious animal stories which I, you probably are aware of the Croydon um cat killer or the I don't know what they call them the M25 cat killer some horrific stories about cats being um, murdered down in the London and the southeast and I went down there on two occasions to talk to not only cat owners but people who were investigating the crime so it's everything from you know those horrible tragic um, uh, killings to luxury dog beds so yeah. a real a real across the board so I think um, I think this, 
we, ju- we just have such an incredible bond with our animals, don't we? And you've just talked about such a variety of stories there. Um, and I think the the key th- the key message from like both of us, obviously, is that we can't get enough of animal stories, can we? So, um, as a pet business owner, you know, we we just like. You, you're just in a far more fortunate position than you would be if you had like I don't know a curtain making business for example because people love hearing stories about animals don't they it's just so heartwarming and we just can't get enough of them can we definitely and particularly in the in the newspaper you only have to look at the newspapers how every other day there is always some kind of cute animal picture or at the end of the news there'll be as a, a cute animal section uh, the, the British in particular love their animals we all know that and I reckon I am asked to do at least five or six features about dogs, cats, horses, birds, that kind of thing. And I'm just one journalist out of yeah. many being asked to do this. So, yes, I think you're onto a winner if you've got any kind of pet business. It's just about spotting the angle and being reactive to it at the time. You can't think, oh, yeah, Ed Sheeran or Jennifer Aniston have said <laughs> this and I've got a pet. That could, but I'll, I'll leave it till next week till I, I look into this. You've got to do it there and then within the hour because if you don't somebody else will get in there before you absolutely that's one of the things that i do um kind of drill into the people who are in my membership community but for people who are coming along to the challenge it's really great to have you um you know, emphasize how quickly you need to react and also um what i try to do with the pr challenge and obviously with my membership community is just to try and get people thinking a little bit more like a journalist like we do so when they see an you know a new a new report come out about the puppy crisis during lockdown um, you know that they think okay what can we do what how can I use this with my dog training business and so yeah. Um, but yeah I wanted to just finish you've shared so many helpful examples it's been really lovely and really entertaining talking to you as always Jill um, but I wanted to kind of finish on um, just to kind of reassure people who might be coming along to join your group if they're listening to this in the future um, and they've missed the challenge or they're just m- more curious about trying to get press coverage for their um, pet business I wanted you to kind of talk about, you know, how things have changed and about how people don't really, you know, if if they want to connect with journalists, they don't need to hire an expensive PR company. There's a hell of a lot they can do on their own now, isn't there, with a group like your own. So can you tell me a little bit more about that and that kind of nice, kind of easy road to to dealing with journalists and how people people can kind of, you know, use that to their advantage without obviously trying to, um, you know, get get you to do their PR for them do you know what I mean yeah of course no absolutely I, I totally understand I, I mean I'm not anti-PR I think if you can find yeah. a very uh, a very um small PR I, I, I am quite anti let me rephrase that I'm quite anti big PR agencies who promise the earth mm-hmm. and are very expensive and then don't deliver they they might say to you I will send out this press release about your luxury dog gift to 400 journalists and I I always say well 399 of those journalists won't be interested in that story it means nothing but um, if you can find a, a PR who's friendly and understands your brand and understands your story, then that's great. But it's all about time. Mm-hmm. If you have the time to do your own PR, then I think it's always better to come from you direct. If you don't have the time, then find the right PR. But if you do, I think it's always better that you have the kind of direct access and you develop a relationship with a group of friendly, um, react, um, uh, friendly journalist who will um, respond to your emails who that you will be on their speed dial if they need a quote about cats or dogs or anything to do with the animal industry 
Yes. It's what I always say to the, the business owners who come to me and say, well, I just want to be in this paper. I want to be, you've got to play quite a long game mm-hmm. and you have to develop that relationship. And with things like Twitter and Facebook, there's never been a better time to get direct access to journalists. You know, we're a friendly bunch. We, we, we're not intimidating. We need stories. Yeah. So we're always on the lookout for stories. And any journalist who isn't interested in talking to people and just people in general, I shouldn't be journalists, really. Anyone who's a little bit stuck up and doesn't um, get on with people really is in the wrong career. So with Twitter and Facebook, it's just worth following the journalists that you're interested in. Look out for bylines in newspapers and magazines of people who are writing the kind of stories that you want to be in. Start following them on Twitter. Start following the people that they follow and just look for um, the kind of things they're asking on the, you know, hashtag journal request is one that you should all be following. And yeah, it's a great, great resource. And just, it doesn't always have to be about business either. This is another thing that I say to the businesses that approach me, don't be sell, sell, sell on social media. That's a, that's a real no, no. You should be sending about 10 tweets a day, roughly. And nine of those should be nothing to do with your business. It should be to do with what you're doing that day or who you're meeting or a bit of a funny retweet from someone or a bit of a cartoon, maybe a, you know, a penguin falling over on the ice, that kind of thing. Something that really makes you chuckle. And then start retweeting other people when they're asking for help. For instance, when I put journal requests out and I put please retweet, I'll always notice the people who regularly retweet my tweets. So if they ever need a favor from me, if they need a retweet or they need a contact or something, I'm more likely to help them because they've helped me. So again, even though we might not have met in real life, we'll know each other virtually online. And it's a bit of, you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And again, it's about developing that relationship. So yeah, get onto Twitter for anyone who's not on it. It is a bit intimidating. I'll give you that because there's a lot of arguing on there, but you don't have to get involved in any of that. Keep it light, keep it friendly. And another really good way that pet businesses can get in there with journalists is just to offer insight Mm -hmm. without wanting anything back. So for instance, if you or I, Rachel, are talking about a story involving the RSPCA or Dogs Trust or something, and we're just putting it out there that that's what we're doing. If you've got some special insight about that or some facts or figures that may be helpful, just message us and say, is this useful? It's yours if you want to use it. And just don't expect anything back. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll always remember that. So I don't know about you, Rachel, but I always remember the ones who helped me. Oh, my gosh. And the ones who say thank you as well. I always. Oh, my gosh. Like, yes. <laughs> say thank you. Just send a message. And, you know, if you send a card, like they will never, ever forget you. I can remember yeah. this guy who sent me some flowers when I worked at the Warrington Guardian. And I still remember him clear as day. And it was 20 years ago. That so. just shows how rare it is. Doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. So, no, yeah. absolutely. Being that helpful person just means so much, doesn't it? Especially if someone really gets you out of a hole with um, something. Um, oh my gosh, yeah, every time, every time. And it doesn't even have to be anything to do with pet businesses either. If you can help me, if I'm looking for, I don't know, a lady with red hair who's a size eight who wants to take part in a feature on shoes, and you know somebody like that, then let me know. It's got nothing to do with animals, nothing to do with your business, but it's getting me out of a hole. So I will always remember that. Definitely. And then I always say, you know, if they get you out of a hole with that story, then when, you know, when you're, when you're floating something by them, you know, the next time they've got a story Mm. and they want to float it by you, you're going to be so much more receptive, aren't you? Of course. Every time. Yeah. 
Okay, so just going back to the group, um, and yeah, just the final thing actually about the PR thing is, um, you know, I think I think a lot of small business owners think that they do have to hire a hire a PR company to write these very formal press releases, and it has to be, you know, done in a certain way. And actually, there are, you know, as you've demonstrated from this conversation that we've had, you know, there are so many, it, it, there are far more effective and easy ways for you to get coverage. Um, so yeah, it's just really good to kind of lift the lid on that a little bit, really, and to hear it from yeah. you rather than me, because I talk about it a lot. But you know, <laughs> you've obviously got this group, so you know you are here, yeah. um, and you know sharing what you've learned over like eight years of doing it as well. Um, but yeah, I wanted to ask you as well about best practice in the group. So you know, how should people behave when they come into your group? Is there any kind of do's and don'ts? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much common sense. It's as if you're going into a party. If you start being rude or haranguing the other guests, then the host is going to say, look, either calm down or leave. And I would say, I was thinking about this question over the weekend, and I would say we've been really lucky. Yeah. In the whole eight years of Feature Me going, I reckon we've only thrown out about two dozen people, which out of 16,000 is not bad at all Mm -hmm. and it's always been those people who are looking for a fight they're spoiling for a fight so they will comment on pretty much any story even if it has nothing to do with them and they'll just be baiting the other members you know trying to get a reaction trolling them if you like and we'll give them one I mean we've we've always said no um uh, no bad language so you know that's an immediate kind of use that again and you're out um and we've also said we, we, we really encourage debate because I said earlier about it being a community. We love it when the, the people who are making comments underneath get into a debate. But as soon as it starts getting personal, that's when we shut it down. So I never mind if people say, I think what you've just said is really stupid because that's an opinion. If you start saying, I think you're stupid, then it's personal. And then I will go straight in there and shut it down. But there's only me and Sadie and one other admin. So occasionally we miss what's going on on a, on a thread or something. But again, we've been really lucky. Members, because they feel loyal to us now, they will gently nudge us and say, oh, Jill, you might want to check out what's going on on that thread. It's, it's kicking off a bit. And we're like, oh, okay, go in there, calm it all down. And 99% of the time, members go, oh, yeah, good call, Jill. We'll back off. If, it re- if it's a really heated subject, and you'll be amazed at some of the subjects that really get people heated, um, we'll, just shut the, we'll just shut the entire thread down, particularly if the journalists already found the case studies. We usually tend to keep the, the media request open for as long as possible because, again, it just generates a lot of conversation, a lot of debate, people engage with it. But we'll just shut it down if people start getting a little bit belligerent. It's, um, it's really not worth our while to, to have people arguing on there. No. So just keep it keep it polite, keep it friendly, ask questions, behave like you would at a nice party where you're all having drinks and a good time. Mm-hmm. It's all very civilised over at Feature Me, isn't it? Um, well, I like to think so. I don't know if you've noticed any kind of aggro on there, Rachel, but from time to time we do get, it gets a little bit heated, but not not really in a in a bad sense. Yeah, and I think the uh, the, the, the keeping the language um, or the bad language out of it is a good, a good one as well. Um, when it comes to Facebook groups because yeah it's just you, you don't I think I think we have to think about these things as you know what would we say in real what 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 would we say out loud what would we say you know to a person face to face don't we when we're in Facebook groups and sometimes it's easy to lose sight of that isn't, isn't it oh, exactly and I think I mean I, I swear as much as the next journalist but I don't want it 
you know, what, what offends me when it comes to swearing might not offend somebody else and vice versa. So I just think let's keep it clean. Let's keep it like you do on, on radio and broadcast. Let's just keep it nice, nice and polite, courteous. And that's what we like. It keeps everything, keeps everyone happy. Absolutely. And especially, and also um, running a Facebook group as well. It's quite, it's, it's a big oh, gosh. Club, isn't it? Especially, I've got a thousand in mine. You've got sixteen thousand. Sixteen thousand. I know it's mad. And sometimes, honestly, sometimes members will be messaging me at like midnight or five a.m. in the morning. I don't put my phone up in the bedroom anyway, so I don't get it until the next morning. But you just have to draw a draw a line somewhere and and say, you know, I'm not going to be responding to messages today or on a bank holiday or as occasionally I do. And as, as a freelance journalist, I'm sure you are yeah. always um, contacting people on weekends and and bank holidays as well. But when you've got sixteen thousand people in there, that can create quite a lot of messages. So yeah, I it's a, it's a full t- it's practically a full time job, and I've learned so much doing this uh, things like about the customer services and about how people react to certain things for instance i know there are certain subjects that i will never put on to feature me because it's just not worth the aggro um so i say to editors i'm really sorry you're gonna have to find your case studies elsewhere because i will just get so much abuse for even posting this yeah. even though it's a, a topic that's in the news or it's we were debating it i'm just not going there mm. um so yeah I think you do. Learn, I think you're right. You're right. Um, and I completely agree with what you've just said there, because, you know, there are things that, you know, that you would. Same with Twitter and journal requests as well. There are some things. I mean, I, I still find case studies for things that I'm working on myself. And there are some things where I do think you learn a lot as a journalist running a Facebook group, don't you? Um, as to, you know, just that kind of sanity check with what will the public think? Because when you're a journalist, you kind of I don't know. It's not like you don't have any filters or anything like that, but you're fairly unshockable, aren't you? Whereas yeah. you're running a Facebook group, you know, you are, it's like being back on the checkout at Sainsbury's or Tesco, isn't it? You are <laughs> in front of the general public again and you sometimes have to rein things in, don't you? Yeah, you do. But it's a really great barometer to find out what yeah. readers will think of the final feature. And sometimes it gives you ideas for what should be included in the feature. The, yeah. the amount of times where I've been asking, uh, I've been asking our members for um perhaps some insight into a certain subject and somebody commenting underneath will say something going, well, I hope you thought about this angle. And actually I haven't. And I think that's a really good point. And so I'll include it in the final feature that that person themselves might not be in it, but their insight and expertise, I'll make sure I include it in the final feature because they've made a really pertinent point. Absolutely. Um, no, that's really, really helpful. Thanks, Jill. Um, so well, how can people find out more about your group and how can they join? Uh, I'm going to ask you this, but what I will do is in the show notes that go with this episode, if you're listening on an app or wherever you listen to your podcast, if you just swipe up, all the links will be there. But Jill, if you can just tell me where. Um, oh, super. Yeah. Well, we're just on Facebook. We're there. We're just Feature Me UK. Now, there are several other sort of splinter groups that we have, uh, which you're very welcome to join. But the Feature Me group is the main group. That's the one with um, the thousands of members. We also have another one, which I might as well mention, but many of your members might not want to join. We found um, a few months ago that lots of journalists, particularly for the tabloid press, 
were asking for more I don't know, sexy case studies, if you like. <laughs> yeah. And it just didn't feel right to be posting those kind of requests in Feature Me, the main group, because yeah. it just has more of a bit of a family um, f- feel to it. So we set up something called Feature Me Extra X, with the, as in the, the letter, yeah. not E-X-T-R-A. And we've got about, we've got over, I think, 1,100 members in there, but it's really a no-holds-barred group where we can ask pretty much everything. Yeah. So <laughs> if you find yourself going to feature me extra and you're a bit shocked by it, um, that's the wrong group. So go into the other group. Okay. Um, there's also another group, uh, which is a private group called Feature Me Exclusive. It's not that one either. That's just for members who have paid to come on one of our courses. Um, but and we can also, if you want to like our page as well, that's, that's Feature Me UK. We sometimes post on there. But really, it's all about the main group. We tend to post all our things on there. And follow us on Twitter as well, which is Feature Me UK as well. And you can also follow me at Journalist Jill on Twitter because I tend to ask a lot of media requests on there too. Brilliant. Okay. Um, yeah, the feature me extra just made me chuckle then because that's the kind of case studies that I I used. To work on. <laughs> I so could do with your glamour doing. models on there, Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> and you can get my glamour model audience over to feature me extra. Please do. Um, <laughs> definitely. They're they're always a really entertaining bunch. Um, that's fantastic. Okay. Well, Jill, thank you so much for coming along and talking to me. Um, I will hopefully be sending some lovely pet business owners over to um, join your group if they're not there already. Super. Super. Um, certainly to have a little um, sniff around for some ideas um, so it's been brilliant talking to you thank you so much um, and I will hopefully speak to you soon thank you very much I've really enjoyed that Rachel thanks oh thank you thank you for listening to the publicity for pet businesses podcast for more free resources and ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co dot UK.